Welcome to Numb Pills Fan Podcast, episode number 198. I'm your host, David Palermo, and on the line we'll have Mike Smith in a second. Follow him at Fantasy Smitty. Follow Numb Bills Fan Podcast, Numb Bills Fan Everywhere, numbillsfan.com. Always check it. Always Facebook Live videos going up every week. Also have podcasts going up every week. So if you're ever in doubt, oh man, my feed didn't update. There might be something that we've done. Check the Instagram. A lot of little short clips or Instagram stories if you're missing out. You want some fun. You want some live like 2019 content here. Head to numbillsfan.com or follow us on all the social media platforms. We're not your grandfather's radio station here. Um, we talk a lot of shit. Get down to fucking business here. And the Bills just whoop the shit out of the Vikings. And, you know, we were all shocked. I'm going to let this intro drop. And, Mike, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Here we go. All right, Michael. So you're here. You're proud. It's 8.45 in the morning, Monday morning. I woke up to the sunshine, and I'm looking out in my driveway and some plants in the yard, and I'm pretty stoked on life right now because I was really worried that coming home from the San Diego game, or I should say the LA Chargers at Bills game, I'm like, my friend just bailed on me for the season tickets, I think. Um, he didn't go to the last one, but he just, in his defense, he just had a kid. So oh, like, kid. yeah. Kid. And I know there's assholes like you who like, you know, man, I could get my tickets at StubHub cheaper. And it's like, you know, man, there comes a time where you got to support your bros, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is now, cause my plan was to go to the next game, uh, via StubHub. I'm like, look. If these guys get throttled by the, the uh, Vikings and then they go on the road uh, again and lose to the Packers, I'm like, yo, this next home ticket is going to be cheap, you know? And, uh, you know, I want them to win, but I also want to get a cheap ticket. But won't be getting that cheap ticket, Dave. So, Well, if you want yeah. to donate to the fund over here, uh, you know, I, I charge season ticket price. I will go to the next game if it's available. Yeah. Let me talk to upper management. I think it I should be. Um, I'll, I'll talk um, with them, and um, uh, it, it, it very well should I'm be. I'm really, ex- I'm really excited to see the uh, all 22 film. I'm going to break that down tonight. Um, so I, I can't wait to get into the film, and you know, obviously we've seen a lot of good things, but like we may, I may even see even more things that I like uh, watching the film. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited. It's a good day. Well, I'll set and the- and it leaves my prediction for the first four weeks viable because I said they uh, they could win, you know, two of these first four. So um, especially with the way the Packers are looking right now, they're not looking like a team complete team at all. They're not playing very well. So who knows? The Bills could go on the road and do it again. So. I'm excited. It was a great game yesterday. The play calling, the the, def- the the overall intensity of the team, like, you know, people got the word. Um, as you know, Bodine got the start over Groy. Um, 
And I mean, I don't know what his injury is looking like. It, it didn't look good as he was hobbling off the field. Um, but that may have been enough to kick uh, Groy in the pants and say, hey, you just got benched. This guy came in and the team was doing awesome with him without you. So maybe that will have him step up his game. Um, you know, little moves, you know, that they made, um, they, they went a long ways. You know, people played harder. The defense was flying all over the place. They were definitely swarming to the ball. Um, that front four, I mean, they were getting after the quarterback all day. I mean, if it wasn't sacks and the fumbles that, you know, that happened so early so fast, I mean, there's no better way to start on the road to get two early fumbles, take the crowd completely out of it. Like, the crowd was dead. They're like, oh, my God, like, the Bills literally have us on our heels right now. And, you know, I'm sure they were thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's 17 to nothing, whatever, um, you know, we'll be fine. You know, they're just the Bills. But, you know, they just kept coming at them, and they didn't let off the gas. Um, so, I mean, I felt they may have let off the gas on the offensive side um, after halftime a bit, which I wasn't too happy with for coaching decision. But I see it because you don't want you don't want to just start slinging the ball around and then give the other team the opportunity to come back. Um, but overall, it was a, a great game. I mean, too bad, uh, too bad Foster couldn't catch that bomb because that was a perfect pass. Um, there was a lot of perfect passes, but that. That deep ball to Foster, um, you know, unfortunately he wasn't able to come down with it. But it, you can't get any better than that. He was full stride, you know, hands that 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 you know could have easily been a touchdown. So, okay, so well, you went everywhere, so I, I, it's okay. So I'll come. It's, that, that's fine because I have some thoughts too. Um, so my day yesterday was uh, my father offered to make stuffed shells. Uh, you know, when we saw the Vikings game on the schedule. And I always liked the Vikings a lot, too, especially the, the Randy Moss and uh, Chris Carter days. And when Rand, Randall Cunningham was a backup and came in to start after Johnson got hurt, and the team's like, nah, you know, so I followed the Vikings really tight, was a big Vikings fan as well with my father as a kid, and it was cool watching the game. He didn't even wear a Vikings shirt. He's got his little Vikings painting and stuff, and... He's a good dude, man. He did not cheer against me. He was not. He was actually cheering for the Bills. It was weird. He was like, yeah. And he's like so happy for me to see them turn it around because, you know, this team is not. You and I did two podcasts uh, a day ago, which are so relevant, both of them. If you haven't checked out 196, 195, if we're talking about the game before, you know, the game preview, there's a lot of topics around it that hang in there so if you miss 196 195 check it out with mike and i pretty fast easy ones good stuff about being vontaid and stuff but we talked on the podcast mike simply that these players aren't that bad there's no fucking way these players are that bad no way it's the coaching and the coaches apparently went to the drawing board or did something i don't know what the fuck they did well, what we talked about, too, in that podcast was that second-half defensive performance against the Chargers. And I said I... I, I don't buy I, it, though. They're off by too much money. You can't put stock right, in that. Right, right. And, and that's what we said. We didn't, we didn't put too much stock into that because it was as if the Chargers let off the throttle because they were blowing them out. And yeah. we said we, we needed to see it for a full game. And Sunday, we saw it for a full game. I mean, the last six quarters, they've given up uh, nine points. Um, that's impressive. So, 
Um, now that I've seen it for a game and I see that these guys are starting to work better together, um, this is the team when I projected eight to ten wins at the beginning of the season. This is what I saw. This is what I thought I was going to see on a regular basis. We may not be so offensive, um, you know, juggernaut over here, but I pictured just intensity, very good on the defensive side of the ball, defense keeping us in games, defense giving us opportunity to score points, and we saw all of that on Sunday, which was very promising. And you know what we need for football is you need a quarterback who can get the job done. You need a defense who can do their part. And special teams is very underrated, but special teams is fucked up a lot of games. It's a fuck-up factor. And, you know, for me, um, not even for me, but, you know, this is like what I expected out of game one, frankly. And I don't think it's much to ask to expect that against the Ravens game one because, you know, like I said, if they delve up the quarterback reps right and they just anoint Josh Allen the starter, which is what I said over the summer, just like, yo, just fucking have him quote-unquote earn it. But, like, if all you're providing is Peterman and McCarron and he's doing as good as McCarron and Peterman, stop wasting time with these reps because – these games are precious, Mike. And I'm sorry, but they lost two AFC games and they won an yeah, NFC. Hold on, let me, those... finish, let me finish. Let me finish. They they won an AFC. They they lost an NFC game, and I rank these games like this: your own division's worth two, AFC is worth more than one, and the NFC is worth one win. And and frankly, the way I look at it is, this is finally the ball I was hoping to see. They finally did. What I was thinking, which is like put up a stat line similar to Tyrod Taylor, hold up a defense, and just in opportune times, like take advantage of the team, you know? And once Bodine went out at center, I feel like the points went down, and it's kind of concerning. Well, well, I don't see – I feel like they just weren't trying at that part. Um, they definitely much. ran the ball more to kill some time, that's for sure. Yeah, fine. They, were, they were moving the ball, and – the, the, the game plan changed on offense. I think they were so comfortable with what they were doing on defense that they were just like, look, if we're going to turn it back to this high-powered, push the ball down the field, um, do this and do that, um, the other team's got to sh- make us do that. Like, we're not going to get out of playing this field position game and beating you um, on both sides of the ball unless we have to. So... Um, I wasn't too worried about what happened after Bodine left because I, I think the, the game plan itself changed because they were up so heavily. Um, so the only thing is, like, those first two games, like, it didn't matter who you threw back at quarterback. The team played awful. Like, you got to look at the, the game, the team as a whole. Protection right. was better on Sunday. Defense, way better on Sunday. Well, protection was also way better on Sunday. I mean, the amount of time that he had to work, I mean, was exponentially more. And, I mean, if Peterman had that game one, game one would have been a different story. If if Josh Allen had that game two, game two would have been a different story. But the intensity in the defense wasn't there. The offensive production or offensive protection was not there. Like, the fact that that came... Um, is what made it so we could get that W this weekend. Um, but without the protection on offense and without the intensity on defense, 
You're talking it could have been a landslide again. It, it was more than, dude, down. it was more than just intensity, man. It was like a ball gets thrown and there's somebody there within a few yards. The linebackers cleaned up really well. They played in space really well. Matt Milano had the game of his life, career of his life. Next thing you know, you see Edmonds come up and get a nice tackle. You well, know, Kyle Williams so got wrong. a Kyle Williams sack. got a tackle for loss or sack. Yeah, like, sack. Yep. You know what I mean? It was a really it was a really cool thing. Um to see the defense we thought had potential and you know, the second cornerback, we didn't even think about it. You know, Trey White played a good game. Um and dude, I don't I don't know. I said it before. It's all on coaching. It's not that difficult. It's all on coaching, man. We had well, and, and I've said that too because, like, coaching makes a difference. And one of my favorite examples of coaching is you look at the um, when Harbaugh took the three and thirteen Forty Niners and made them thirteen and three. He didn't have any different players, really. I mean, the players were basically the same people. The only thing he had was a different coaching mindset. So. Um, coaching is big and that's why I've never like I've watched these games and I you know you know you see Bills fans and they're like oh we're winning three games and yeah and I wasn't like watching the game I'm like look yes I can see why these guys are projecting this but I'm like this is not like what is going to be accepted in Buffalo with McDermott Um, so even then I still said we still got a shot to win eight you know, at least eight games at this point after we started going to and, you know, half of fandom had, you know. Anything is possible, but I think you're, you're, you know, I don't want you to go too far the other way. You can do whatever the hell you want, but, I mean, the the Bills aren't going to the Super Bowl off of being the Vikings, but what they did figure out, Mike, and I'll let you uh, crush on this. Let me ramble for a second here. What they did show me is a couple things. They're willing to make coaching adjustments. That's what I've been worried about all offseason. I want to see the offense that I saw at camp. Finally saw it. That's what we saw at camp. We saw screens. We saw people in space. And, you know, when you look at this team, the coaching can't just be that bad. We've seen these players used before other ways from the staff themselves and be productive. I saw Charles Clagan in there. That was nice. He had a, you know, a drop in the end zone. That sucks. Uh, he seems to be due for a drop every game he plays, but whatever. Um, but I like Charles Clay. So, look at Minnesota Vikings. Very good team on paper, especially. And they're supposed to be a pretty good team this year. They were a very good team last year. And uh, apparently they think Kirk Cousins is an upgrade over Case Keenum, which I guess so to them. So, um I don't know where this win ranks. We'll see how they look against the Packers. If they put up a good fight against the Packers, I'll still be here. But as far as anointing them to the playoffs yet, I don't know. They got to be consistent for a little bit. I haven't anointed them to the playoffs. But like I said, I never gave up on them, you know, winning at least eight games. Like I said, they can, I projected eight to 10 wins. Um, I I felt that that was possible. And I, I mentioned it, you know, in previous podcasts. The beginning portion of the Buffalo Bills schedule is atrocious, okay? But later on in the season, you know, we're going to be more often than not in Buffalo. It's going to be weather that the Bills are going to be more accustomed to than the play, the teams that they're playing. 
Um, so I never, you know, thought that, hey, you know, or even at 0-2, even I pictured 0-3, I still thought eight wins was a possibility because I knew these first four games were tough. Whoa. But if they can bring that intensity on defense on Sunday, that's not going to be an easy game for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not – that team is not um, put together yet, and – you know, it's one of those things who can make their adjustments the fastest in the NFL. I mean, look at the Patriots right now. They're they, too, are one and two. Now, anyone that would project them not to win 10 games because, you know, they just lost to the Lions, um, you know, they're they're probably outside their mind because they're going to get it together, too. It's just how fast can you make the adjustments? Um, I mean, like I said, the Bills made some uh, moves on the offensive line by, you know, starting Bodine um, and it. it seemed effective but honestly i didn't see much of a difference after um he left like i said the play calling was different i gotta um, bills, i gotta see the bills were running the ball pretty well and remember in that second half if foster catches that ball that's more points on the board as well um so we're, we're gonna see on sunday but um you know it, to me the biggest takeaway from the game was the defense the defense put the Bills in just an incredible spot. And then the second thing that I took away was the offensive play calling. I mean, Josh Allen is a an athlete for sure, and he can make plays. But, you know, incorporated his athleticism and the plays that he made on top of good play calling, it allowed him to make plays when he needed to, but not have to be the only source uh, right. moving the ball he didn't have to do it all like that fake screen and hey i told you croom was going to get in there i told you he was going to be stealing some shares from that big man too don't you forget about that um but yeah croom was i mean wide open it was a beautiful play call um and dude, uh, nice and, nice pump fake looked out you know what i mean that that's stuff that you're looking to see from the quarterback and and that's why i'm excited to watch the film because he did things that um i have not seen him do um, in the NFL yet. I mean, I've I seen it at times against subpar competition. Well, I was going to say, you did say, you know, all in Wyoming, I never saw that you knew you didn't do all this crap. And, dude, the kid has an awesome game literally like 12 hours after we talk. You well, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was amazing. You're like, he's got to clean this up. He's got to learn how to read the defense. He's got to do, you know, it's in the show well, notes, dude. I, I, and, I, will, you know? I, I will say the, um, the sack that he took even though there was a penalty on it, which that's Bush. Like, I don't like that new rule where they're just throwing out 15-yard penalties, but it was beneficial, and we ended up going down. 15 yards is way too much. They got to make a holding call, like, that, 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 seven yards. That, um, <laughs> that play, he had he could have thrown the ball. Like, he didn't make the read on that play. So instead of making the read and the correct throw on that play where, you know, we fortunately got the penalty, he took the sack, and like I said, we got the penalty, so it didn't matter. But on that play, he had the opportunity to make a throw for a first down, and he didn't read it right, and he did not make that throw. So that's one thing I did see um, just in game time. Um, but like I said, I'm excited to watch the, the 22 Thoughts? So before I let you go. He played a lot better. Before I let you go, because you've got to go in a minute. Um, Calvin Benjamin, does he suck? I don't know. He ain't using his hands, that's for sure. He's trying to catch it with his body. Um, every fucking like time, said, every fucking time this season, he catches know, the ball with his body. I, I I would like the Bills to, 
you know, when you make those adjustments, I think they need to move more towards um, getting Zay Jones more opportunities um, because, you know, I think that rookie season and all his drops, um, I think he's put behind him, even though he had that weird off season where he was running around doing his little naked dance. Um, but that that stuff's behind him, and he's focused on football right now. So um, I, myself, would give him more opportunities um you know, with the ball, because I think he can be dynamic, especially like the difference between him and Benjamin is Zay Jones catches the ball in space. Zay Jones is tremendously fast, so he can do more in space as well. So, um, but we'll see. I, all in all, it was a great game. And um, a win without LaShawn McCoy. And I, um, I, I do Chris Ivory. His averages don't look good. But if you look at timing, and when his number was called and he had to make a play, he made a play. That was good. He had a nice yeah, catch I, there. And he had a good game. I, I think not having LaShawn McCoy to rely on, like, changed the play calling, too. And I think that was beneficial for everybody. So, Dude, there's but, people uh, on the radio that say that, like, Mike Schroep says it all the time on uh, WGR. It's like, you know, we focus so much on the running back here in Buffalo. And we're pretty much just, like, handcuffing the offense here. Because everybody's like, well, we got to get on the rock, get on the rock. And my big fear is, you know, going into this Vikings game, I'll wrap on this point, Mike, like, you know, this has been more of a general talk. We'll dive, I'm even, I might even be down to the podcast tomorrow if you want to, just to dive into this a little deeper. Um, but the general feel is just like, we had to get something out because it's been such a dark start of a season, a dark, this has been the darkest offseason I've ever had because I just do simple math on equity of talent. And, okay, well, you didn't acquire that much talent. You got your guys in. Well, I need to see your your people coached. And this is the first game since uh, the offseason. We've seen the players all come together and rally. And Avante Davis retiring is what triggers that or whatever you want to lay your hat on. There's many different ways to go with the storyline. I know these players are NFL players. My beef has never been about the players on this podcast, really. It's always about coaching. And and, well, equity-wise, Dave, if – Josh Allen is a true quarterback, and he's obviously shown flashes, especially this weekend. The Bills could potentially have drafted four starters. Four starters in one Harrison draft Phillips is, is, pretty, is pretty crazy. It is, so, but, but you can't say that because it, it, four starters in every draft is impressive, but not again. I'll go over this again. Not when it takes six picks to get two. Okay, so it doesn't work yeah, that but way to it, me. Yeah, but if if you hit four in a draft, Dave, I don't care if you gave up two. And put it if this way: hit- if these four go into a second contract, say say Harrison Phillips, Tremaine Edmonds, and Josh Allen are, are are decent, and they go into a second contract, I think it's worth it. And Johnson, I think uh, the cornerback. He is had low. his first really good game. Exactly. So, like I said, if you can get four- <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to say, dude. It's fl- it's again flashes, bro. It's flashes. RG three. Had a good year. Dak Prescott had a good year. And again, Dak Prescott's looking just like RG3. They go, oh, franchise, franchise, franchise. Fourth round, friend. And it's like, media, you guys are so stupid, dude. I I hate the national media. I called that because it's common sense. The offensive line. Well, he if the offensive line was there, he'd be he'd be doing better because they'd be able to do more play action and stuff. But um, he's not ready to do it all on his own. But hey, Dave, I'm out. Uh, Good talk. 
good win, Buffalo. And, uh, yeah, we'll get back at it tomorrow. We'll talk a little fantasy. Um, we got some uh, people right, that are we'll moving find up you, and down the charts. We'll All find right? you on Twitter at Fantasy Smitty. That's Mike Smith. I'm your host, David Palermo. And, Mike, I'll let you go, bud. Have a good one, bud. See you, bud. So that's uh, that's our Michael right there. Um, yeah, my end here. I'm I'm left here by myself. Your host, David. Um, finally, I have something to look forward to. I I don't mean to be so negative, but I believe with teams once they show they flashed, now we can call back at this game at least for the rest of the season and be like, hey, what do they do differently? What do they do differently? And then Eric Turner at CoverOne.net, he'll have a film breakdown, I'm sure. You know, Joe Buscalia will, will look at the tape. A lot of good guys that do this will look at the tape. And we'll be here to uh, give you an opinion on the tape and their breakdowns because they know more than me. And you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to go hang drywall, and then I'm going to coat it, and then I'm going to do some other shit. And none of it has to do with watching tape or coaching. Because, you know, I have a lot of things to do. A lot of things on my plate. But I'm here to listen to it and review everybody else's hard work. And connect some more dots with you folks. And uh, the, the main thing we can hope for is the coaching stepped the fuck up. That's it. I'm your host, David Palermo. It's been episode number... 198 we are two away from 200 tell your friends subscribe to the damn podcast please subscribe let that shit ding right into your phone you know what's coming it's already there boom 30 minutes of awful waste of time for you right in your ears whenever you're ready i'm here bills look solid josh allen was awesome really awesome the hurdle the heart we love a player who plays for Buffalo who's got heart. You need heart. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. Look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Bills fans love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I can't tell you how awesome Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to be as a person. Everybody talks greatly about him. He goes to Tampa Bay. He shows up, borrows Deshaun Jackson's gear, and looking fresh as a bitch, and he's killing it. At the podium last week after the game. So, um, you know, Bills fans just want people they can support. And they want smart coaching decisions. And fans are attached to players. When when you show me that, that guys are great, you, you put the marketing behind these guys, supporting them, and, oh, we drafted them here because they're awesome. And they show those flashes, and then a new regime comes in, and, oh, they're traded. They don't fit in with us. Well, it's like they might have fit in with us and you came in to, to, to this team and like I understand you have a job to do, but I expect you to at least do your due diligence coaches and watch the tape and put these players into the best position to succeed. Tailor your system to it. I will always go back to Wade Phillips every podcast so the day I fucking die. Anyways, coaching step the fuck up. The team, the players stepped the fuck up themselves. Um, I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I don't know if it was just a magnificent game playing both sides of the ball. 
If I'm not mistaken, the Minnesota Vikings offensive line coach passed away. So, I mean, there's that. Trent Murphy was crushing his ass this season. You know what? You don't look injured. Looks good. Looks fast as fuck. Jerry Hughes, he's back, baby. Looks great. You know, but Jerry Hughes, he doesn't show up in the stat line that game with only Isaac. But, damn, he's close. You know, obviously causing a fumble or two. But... This is the Bills football we were looking forward to see. Turn over machines and we'll figure it out. And we said going into the season, yo, the Bills need a better offense. If the defense can keep up their turnovers and slowly add a couple pieces, your defense should go from like the 27th ranked or whatever the hell it was to like, I don't know, maybe 17 with a couple extra pieces, I'm hoping, and some better coaching, right? So serious credit to the Bills to the players, to the coaches, I'll give it to you. I'm not here to crush you. I'm not a negative asshole. This podcast started out of, uh, I actually don't think the Bills are as bad as everybody thinks they are, podcast. And uh, it's kind of turned into this offseason like, I don't have any more tables in my house to flip. I'm just going to start fucking lighting them on fire. Anyways, I'm your host, David Palermo. That's it. That's my soliloquy. the fuck out of here. Have a good fucking Monday or whatever day it is. Tune into the podcast soon for number 199. And as always, There's a uh, PayPal donation. Click through if you want to donate to the podcast, help support the service base, and uh, whatever else. And also an Amazon click through link. You just got to turn on for ad blocker. Don't judge me, all right? Shit costs money. I love you all. Just service base costs a little loot, all right? Donations accepted. Got some things in the work, giveaways. I got some cover one t-shirts. Going to do some giveaways on that. And as always, brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports. Love those dudes over there. Awesome podcast, Punch Drunk. Anytime I'm like, man, I don't like they set the, the ceiling so high of what I can get away with on a podcast. And it's like, I'm not even close. We had Jason Tebow on there and he's just like pissing in the sink. It's like, dude, what are you doing? So we're hoping to have Johnny from Punch Drunk on. He is a huge, 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 huge Carolina Panthers fan. So it should be dope. And because uh, I, you know, like I said, I want I send me an email like, yo, I think McDermott might be full of shit. What's good? So, all right, yo, I am out of here. I'm your host, David Flermo. Have a good day. And uh, really enjoy this Bills victory. There's so many plays on tape after this Vikings game to build off of to give you hope and you know, if you get a chance, I'm going to rewatch it. Maybe take out a notepad, find out the plays you liked, okay? That way when you're with your friends, you want to win an argument. Or you're online, you want to win an argument, you could go, hey, I'm like McDermott, I got my notes. All right, have a good day. Goodbye.